became something like, like um, a rolling stone, like a domino effect. That's why you saw the army truck with 250 coffins going away from Bergamo to a crematory. Welcome to Media Minded, the podcast that helps you tell facts from fiction. Produced by Shout Out UK, the UK's leading political and media literacy education platform, in association with ACT, the Association for Citizenship Teaching. This podcast is made possible thanks to the kind support and sponsorship of the US Embassy in London and the Global Engagement Centre at the US State Department. I am your host, Matteo Bergamini. And I'm here today with Marzio Fatucchi from the beautiful town of Florence in Italy. He's a uh, journalist for Corriere Fiorentino and has been one for some time. Marzio, thank you so much for uh, joining me. Uh, Tell me a bit about yourself. Uh, Marzio Fatucchi, local reporter. I'm really proud of it because I think the journalism is also and especially based on uh, local reporting. Uh, I've made this job for 26 uh, something more year. I started in a radio, then I went uh, through a TV station, then I worked for several uh, newspaper and magazine. Um, I'm focused on uh, politics, uh, economics. I love data and big data and statistics, uh, but I also cover stuff. I covered stuff like the sinking of Costa Concordia. Uh, I'm a reporter. Amazing, amazing. Thank you. Um, so first. Of obviously being in Italy, Italy has been um, one of the countries hit hardest by by, by the pandemic. Um, how has that affected your work as a reporter? Um, badly. It is a very... Uh, very huge challenge, badly for several reasons. The first of all, we um, not at the beginning, but at the middle of the pandemic situation, uh, our uh, companies asked uh, to mostly all of us to work from home. Um, very few um, journalists now are working from offices. Uh, this happened also because uh, even journalists were affected by coronavirus. In our office in Veneto, this is one of the Italian region that was more hit by coronavirus, uh, uh, five uh, journalists got coronavirus and two of them uh, were very, very, very sick. Uh, fortunately, they are all safe there now, but at that moment, uh, companies decide to, um, we, you all work from home. Um, this creates two kinds of problems. The first of all, that you started to make smart working with, not with a smart way, uh, because uh, you had no the good devices, uh, you had no you had no good instruments, so you were not prepared to make full days of video call conference uh, to um, even sometimes to cover the story, because some uh, press conferences made only by um, video call. Uh, not all the journalists. Uh, in at home a very good uh, Wi-Fi uh, bro- broadband uh, Wi-Fi to to support all the needs that you have in this work. The other problem is that the fact that journalism is a collective uh, fact, a collective work. Um, it's not only about story. Sometimes I have a story, uh, I report to my uh, editor in chief, uh, and in that moment, uh, working in a newspaper, you, you have to, uh, I mean, uh, add contents, add elements uh, to help 
to understand the story, um, also to describe it better. Uh, interviews, uh, um, you collect uh, uh, data, you have to find uh, the, the best pictures, sometimes you have to go in a, a peculiar place in which you've never been before to uh, understand much better what, what happened and so on. Um, and this kind of relation, it usually go through the whole day. Uh, in a office, uh, it's much harder in, uh, through a video, <laughs> a video conference. And the other problem, very big problem, uh, you're not allowed in this period to go wherever you want. We can work with law, um, allows you to, as a journalist, to go uh, to cover story. Uh, there is the uh, Freedom of uh, Information Act in our Constitution. It's uh, Article 21. So I can be wherever something can I cons that I consider important to tell the people I am allowed to go there, okay? But obviously you cannot go there in hospices in which, uh, which are the places in which the coronavirus spread most in, uh, in our, um, not only in our country, uh, by the way. Mm, uh, there is some limits to the Freedom of Information Act that allows you to get to the documents and during this period and stuff like that. And you cannot go there to verify with your eyes that sometimes it's the first step to really find a news. Which, which, is, which is obviously going to make your, make your job in, in verifying information. And obviously the verification process is super important to making sure that what you're, what you're rep reporting is as factually accurate as obviously humanely possible. Um, and especially in, in a time like this, I, I, I think media... Um, has, has a very special and very particular role to play. I think it always has. Uh, but what would you say is the role of, of media and responsible journalism at a time like this? Mm, I try to describe this, uh, I try to answer you, describing what happened in Italy. Um, just after the beginning of this crisis, um, let's call it official, but not the official, I mean, traditional, main, most important, the way mainstream uh, uh, media companies, uh, it's actually media journalists, not media companies, media journalists, understood that it was so important to give right information uh, in uh, mm, uh, easy, mm, the, the simpler as it possible way, but sometimes it's not. So they started to um, invite in um, TV programs, uh, radio programs, uh, interviewing uh, experts, uh, trying to find the right way to approach. Believe me, it was not easy because even science is not so sure about what coronavirus is because it just started. And science needs time to verify things, much more time than journalists um, have and people uh, can, can bear. Okay. Um, by the way, just, just, um, just an example, one of the main uh, um, uh, scientists that is invited in um, television uh, is called uh, Burioni, Professor Burioni, at the beginning of the pandemic uh, said there was no problem, this virus will never come to Italy. Just after a week he said, sorry, I'm wrong. This coronavirus is a very huge and global problem. Let's close everything. And nobody uh, believed him at the beginning of this story. Then uh, um, the government decided to uh, stop uh, um, railways, uh, to stop uh, public transport, uh, to close schools, uh, to close a lot of factories, offices, and so on, because 
there was a problem in North Italy because the other fact that when you talk about Italy, you're not talking about a um, not different situation. It's completely different from North to South. And thanks to the limits to travels and to the opening of school and um, uh, factories that were made at the beginning of the pandemic situation in, in Italy. The main problem was in North of Italy, especially Lombardia and Veneto, and especially in this uh, very um, not lucky uh, city of Codogno, uh, in which uh, there was the so-called uh, passion number one, because we don't know the passion number zero, the first one that came in Italy. Now, we, are, we are, understand that this is passion one, the second, okay, or the first that we know, okay? And the first thing we know, unfortunately, it was a very healthy uh, and wealthy uh, man, uh, manager, uh, that uh, got some disease, uh, he, he thought it was a normal flu, and uh, kept on uh, running on marathon, um, uh, making um, uh, soccer matches with friends, uh, eating uh, with a lot of uh, people for two weeks. After two weeks, uh, a nurse in the, the hospital of Cologno realized that that was not a normal flu, and uh, asked to make all the um, steps uh, to uh, verify what was going on. We discovered patient one, but we, uh, he, he had 14 days to spread the virus. And unfortunately, some of the people that got decided through patient one went to an hospice of elderly people. And that was in Balsenario. And that was the very big problem because one of that um, uh, old people went to another hospital and spread the virus in the hospital. And it, it, be, it became something like, like um, a rolling stone making uh, other... Like stone, a domino effect where like, you... Like, like, a, like a domino effect. That's why you saw the uh, army truck with 250 uh, coffins uh, going away from uh, Bergamo to a crematory. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's incredible how, how quickly, and obviously, especially, you know, 14 days may not sound like a long time, but, you know, on a normal day, imagine how many human interactions you have from traveling to work, going to play sport after work, all the meetings you have during work, I mean, depending on your job role, like, you meet and engage with a lot of people so it's it's so it's understandable how easy this thing can spread and why obviously listening to government advice and making sure that what journalists report on is is obviously the most factually correct information to give people the right information to make the right decisions um but of course one thing that we've seen in in recent years is the growing distrust i would say of of what people consider mainstream media um, and therefore sort of looking to sort of social media and other media outlets that have less, um, I'd say, less, less verification methods to, to, to get their news. Um, why do you think there's this growing distrust in media and also how... How has that impacted your work in, mm, uh, as a journalist? Huge and difficult question to answer uh, because uh, um, we all live in a social media stream. Because social media is something completely different from information. You use social stream to connect with uh, friends, uh, sometimes with girlfriends or boyfriends. Uh, <laughs> that's very important because, I mean, you take care of a lot of social media. Um, you keep contact. And um, 
the problem on the, the other hand of social media is you live in a tunnel uh, algorithms that in, uh, by which are based uh, uh, social media try to give you what you like because it's a better way to give you adver advertisements social media starts and were created to sell advertisement, to sell, um, uh, try, trying to sell you stuff, trying to sell you services, uh, video, and so on. Okay, never forget this. You're not in a social media. Uh, social media are free. Why are free? Because uh, uh, they are. You are giving time. That, that's what we're giving. That's you're the product, essentially. Okay, okay, you're the product. First, first step. Uh, second step. Um, uh, algorithm try to sell you something that you like so you are in a tunnel because you will see only the things you already saw and they're really it's very it's very difficult to get away from that tunnel to create a hole and to see something else uh, if you are um, um, politically left oriented or right oriented you will see left oriented stuff right-oriented stuff. If you are a Novax, you will see only Novax stuff. Uh, if you are a scientist uh, and you um, uh, talk about uh, science stuff, you will mostly see this, this stuff. Th that is a problem because it's not... Uh, in this way, I cannot sell you, uh, because I am a journalist, I'm trying to sell you a newspaper because I'm trying to sell you the whole stuff of what's going on in the world, or in my case, in Tuscany, okay? It's something completely different. I'm not in this tunnel, I'm not in this stream. First step. Um, second step, uh, as an uh, IMT uh, university research described, uh, when you see something normal in a social media, you take care of that content much less than something that uh, is about uh, um, complotistic, I don't know what's uh, the real word in English, okay? About complotti, okay? If you say, can you believe it, what's going on? Complexity? Uh, no, no, it, it's like when the, the complotto is uh, um, uh, when you claim there is uh, the, an alien uh, uh, that tried to spread the coronavirus to, uh, to the... Oh, a conspiracy, conspiracy, a conspiracy, conspiracy theory. Conspiracy, a conspiracy theory. Right. Okay, if yeah, you yeah. see a conspiracy theory, something that is sometimes like a fairy tale, you, uh, you read it more easily than something that is uh, normal, that it can be official, okay? Even if you perfectly know that it... Those are lies. Those are, but step by step, you enter in that tunnel. So the first Novax uh, content you will find in a social media, you read it. Mm, well, I'm not so sure, but you get, get the elements. Even if you're not an epidemiologist, uh, um, a physician, a doctor, no, absolutely. But something can be true. The next content will be similar and will be much huge. This is also, it's all about click, uh, clickbaiting. Uh, when the algorithm understands that you like something, the algorithm will try to send you stuff like that more to have more click, to have more content uh, that are used, so they can sell you advertisement. Unfortunately, this kind of approach, that is quite dangerous anyway, um, started to be used by politicians. That, have, that they have other goals, other issues. They want you uh, to uh, make, uh, see the world the way they want. And if you are a politician 
tunnel made by politician, web, uh, marketing, uh, social engineer, uh, stuff like that, it can be really, really dangerous. And this has happened in Italy. There is a case that is a very, uh, an example of what happened. A story from 2015, uh, a very good story uh, made by a scientific program of our national broadcasting company, RAI. TGR Leonardo is called, uh, as Leonardo da Vinci. It was a story about a research in 2015 in one lab, the place in which, as we know, the virus spread uh, through um, to all uh, the world. Uh, at that time, some scientists were trying to create a new virus, combining two different viruses, two coronavirus. The aim of this research was to try to understand how the virus change and how it can face it and stop it. But the, the story was about the ethical problem. Are we going too far? Are we playing God? Are you sure that you will make a, a virus that now we can stop or you can make a virus and then uh, can spread for an incident, for an accident, for, 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 because you are not lucky, okay? That was the story about. In the middle of the pandemic situation in Italy, some people found this story, because the web you can find almost everything, and reposted the story, making the question, did it happen this way, claiming that that research could be the first step of this kind of virus, but the most dangerous thing... Like the origin story almost. The origin story. Uh, the, the second step was that some politicians, too big, and famous uh, populist politician in Italy spread the same story, make the same question. Everybody got mad about this stuff. And believe me, it was uh, uh, almost impossible to make the people understand that the origin of the virus is clear, is from animal. There is a nature research that is confirmed by all the research before and after the pandemic that describe perfectly that according to the number of elements of the RNA of the coronavirus, it is impossible. There is no evidence that can be created in, in a laboratory. When you say in a paper, when you read in a paper, there is no evidence. It means there is no clue, there is no possibility. As far as we know, obviously, because this science going, uh, goes from step to step and adds elements of truth to the truth that they found before, okay? But believe me, it was uh, impossible to make the people understand that that was not connected. TGR Leonardo, the day after this huge problem uh, was created, uh, especially by those two politicians, made a beautiful and wonderful story uh, in, uh, his, uh, in his open line, the first story in, the, in this program, uh, repeating, we, are, we were not talking about the kind of virus. The kind of virus is different. There is no clue and no evidence. All the research, believe me, even the second, the, the second day was very difficult to make the people understand that the, that the, the clue that was made from 2015 and 2015 was not true. Okay, it was almost impossible. Even now, even now I find uh, sometimes some people, especially in social media, still claiming about this uh, connection. There is no connection. The virus is from animal. We know perfectly that it comes from a bat virus. We are not sure of two elements that are very important. If 
this virus went through another animal, we call it pangolino, it's kind of like a, a kind of armadillo, a very um, well-known and mm-hmm. famous uh, dish in Asiatic cuisine, or directly through a human, and the exact place, because the first cases were in Wuhan, near the famous uh, wildlife market and so on, but now we have elements that could be, the, the first step was a little bit earlier, so even the fresh market can be the real first uh, um, uh, place in which the cases uh, were found. I mean, yeah, no, it's 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 one one thing that I find really confusing because, and then I wonder if it's because of the fact, obviously, as you say, science finds out a truth and then adds a truth on top of that truth and then starts to build almost like a puzzle. You you start to put things together, but. Um, you know, coronavirus, uh, this specific strain is is new. Scientists and doctors are playing catch-up to understand it, to be able to treat it, to deal with it. And misinformation kind of lives in that space just before all that truth and all those facts come out. But even when the facts do come out, so when you said that that TV network, for example, did a beautiful piece, a beautiful story around showcase and debunking um, the fact that that, that link-up was not a link up it's completely untrue completely falsified it does not there's no connection people still believe it and i'm kind of curious as to wonder why like why do people is it because they want to believe they want there to be some sort of hidden story or like is there a reason as i told you before i think the uh, mat um, uh, of luca research uh, about conspiracy and the way you people like it it's absolutely true um, maybe because uh, we love fairy tales we love fairy tales so we love uh, fantasy i love sci- uh, sci-fi i mean that's not a problem oh sci-fi is let's not let's not go on to that because i think we'll be here for hours <laughs> <laughs> okay the main difference for these people is that they follow social media so what's going on on social media they see they read it they um, they watch it okay and it's based on an algorithm it's uh, sometimes it's not even connected to um, uh, our time you find you find things that came from the past uh, from last week uh, from two months even from five years as it happened for TGL net if you read every day a newspaper you follow a line and that's very important especially for readers if you follow a newspaper every day, you can even verify what newspaper wrote the last day or the last week. Because you remember, first of all, you read a newspaper, you take time. It's not a social media in which you just scroll, okay, you, you see the, t- the, the title. You read a newspaper. If I write a story about the coronavirus and one week later I say something completely different, uh, you can say, what's going on, man? You're making mistakes. Try to explain it. And I have to explain. If I say the last week the coronavirus came from bat, and the, 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 uh, the week uh, later I say they came from armadillos or pangolini, call, call it the way you want, I have to explain it. And you can follow me. And you see all the steps. And in this kind of situation in which every day you have something different um, from, uh, from uh, science research, it is very, very important. Think about the cures you are trying to uh, find uh, for, uh, for this disease. Mm, we talk about hydroxychloroquine. We talk about... Um, 
heparina, several kinds of, of medicines. Okay, it changes every day because they are testing them. So, I mean, that something that was good or they thought it could be useful one week ago, maybe in one month, we, but we um, won't be useful because there is another uh, situation, another medicine, because researcher understood if it was useful or not, or in which condition can be useful or not, and so on. You don't live in a, when you read a newspaper, you don't live in a tunnel. If you are only in social media, you live in a tunnel. And I, and I wonder if the almost the digital version of that is by making sure that you read um, several different sources, not just scrolling through your Insta feed or, or, or your Twitter feed or whatever else and finding the stories that just appear there, but making sure that you engage in and read several different news sites, um, which which which. Is a good thing or a bad thing, but I mean, there's there's one thing that kind of strikes me with this even because reading newspapers or reading news sites is 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 a good thing, but then there's a lot of question around what is supposedly credible or not, and and one of the things that you said, um, for instance, that really resonated with me was this idea that you know scientists say something because they're testing you know a specific medicine or whatever else and then they find out actually that doesn't quite work or, or that doesn't work in the right way or whatever else and they move on or journalists for example cover something and then they put a correction on an article because the story is developed or changed or there's a new fact that's come to light and i often feel like the way we as a general public consume news now that's almost seen as a negative when a journalist or an academic changes their turn or, or u-turns on a, on a previous suggestion it's almost seen as a oh well they're they're doing a u-turn therefore they don't know what they're talking about no 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 they do know what they're talking about facts change and evolve and develop and new information comes to light and they then correct and expand on their work but i wonder is it an issue also of how we consume information and how we treat people that do make those corrections that are open that might actually need to change if we want to go forward from this sort of post-truth society. Mm, first, first fact: uh, journalists make uh, journalists make a pact with the reader. Uh, I will try to give you all the elements to describe what's going on in the world you live in. We will make it with our instruments. We will try to verify as best as we can. We will try to make no mistakes. Even if sometimes we make we made the mistakes, uh, we have an ontology, uh, so we have to uh, a, a precise approach to the people we uh, speak with. We try to to find uh, experts that explain us the things that we don't know, and we try to find experts that are known in uh, interest conflict on the story we are writing. Uh, so a third point view. Eh? Let's call it this way. An expert that has, you know, if, you, if you're talking about, I don't know, a story about a bridge, the expert can't be a mechanic or, or not a mechanic, or an engineer that worked on that bridge construction because there'd be a massive conflict Absolutely. of interest. Absolutely. If I make an interview with an engineer that was working on that bridge, I will make other kind of question. I will go there uh, asking, why didn't you realize that it was falling? Why didn't you make the several tests that some other experts told me they were necessary and stuff like that? That's the different point of view. One, I, I search one uh, expert to uh, make the people understand 
obviously not in a technical way what could have, <laughs> have happened uh, in that in that case and to the people that are responsible or they are involved in that fact i will make different uh, question why did you want to do and stuff like that first fact i mean that's what journalists are we made a pact i made a pact with my readers uh, when you write a, 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 when you read a story a real good journalistic story an investigative story you will find the journalist trying to make you understand as easily as it can be possible but with more elements that it can be possible what was the story about what happened and why the five w who were what um, who were what when was <laughs> yes yeah and why and the last it's not sometimes why but it's how because we are not judges we are journalists we are watchdog that's why we make questions okay when you see a journalist that doesn't make question it's not a, a good journalist okay that's the point uh, and the other is pluralism the other element is pluralism I, I, I'm not sure that I am a good journalist okay let's try to compare what I wrote with wrote other people with other people wrote I mean, that's that's democracy that's uh, pluralism always never forget that mm, one of the elements the, the most important element are fonts uh, mm, uh, some of them are covered and I will never tell uh, who they are obviously uh, we have all our deep truth uh, but uh, we have to explain always uh, when we describe something when where by who uh, and how we got those elements that's good job no of course and and one th one thing I think is important for us to realize is that obviously journalists are human beings too right and if you if you make an error or a mistake um, or, or the facts change you making a correction or your editor making a correction on your article that's not bad journalism necessarily that's just the reality of life information may change things may come to light we just didn't know about beforehand and I think the way we consume media at the moment is that one we want it as quickly as possible we want all information as quickly as possible and the moment that there is a correction or a change we almost lose complete trust in that media source which is if anything if I see corrections in an article or two on a site that actually builds my trust more because it shows that there is accountability rather than going on some other site when they never change anything even if they're, what they're spouting is complete rubbish good newspaper or media companies uh, have uh, usually um, pages of a program in which uh, they uh, explain why and what mistakes did uh, in the the, the, the former editions we make mistakes like uh, all human beings uh, the pact is the, the pact is that i try not to make mistakes and when i make it i explain you why it happens believe me sometimes it's not uh, um, they are not uh, mistakes sometimes they are mistakes made by official fonts because if you say uh, if you, you NHS tell me that there are uh, 2,000 uh, dead uh, in um, in a county, I must believe them. I cannot say they are. Uh, this is a fake news. But for instance, it happened in Bergamo. 
uh, after one month of the pandemic situation, the Echo of Bergamo, that is the local newspaper, realized that there was something that was not so uh, right. It, it couldn't be so few dead people. So they made a statistical research. They um, asked for data, uh, for the anagraphic data of the last five years. In the third in month of the year, how many people died in their province? And they faced these figures one day to the other. And they described easily that there were more than the double of the dead people. And this, this figure, that was about 400 people at that moment, was double of the official people uh, dead by coronavirus. So the way people, dead people from coronavirus were counted was not good because because a lot of people died at home especially elderly people they made no test about coronavirus some people of the um, auspices for elderly people were not tested for coronavirus but they were dead anyway and from this point on even the way tests were made uh, was changed by the official institutions that's journalism is for watchdog exactly exactly watchdog um, one thing, obviously, as, as, as a watchdog and something that um, plays up in the UK quite often, especially, and, and every media gets, um, get, gets called either, you know, left wing or right wing or for a political party or against a political party. Um, and obviously, being, being a watchdog and having such a pinnacle role within a democracy, I'd say, um, around, you know, covering and making sure that the correct information goes to the people so they can make informed choices, um, not just in a pandemic, but just in general. Um, how do you deal with your... Hmm? Especially in general, Matteo. Like, we, 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 yes, we, we, we all uh, hope that uh, this uh, pandemic situation will be over soon. Like, okay, And we will talk about uh, other stuff and not only coronavirus. Yeah, I think in, in the UK we uh, <laughs> we've had we've had Brexit and now coronavirus. I think the media is dying to talk about something else um, at some point soon. Uh, but I think I think we all are, and um, hopefully, as you say, it will it will move on. But 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 just even in general, one of the things that that we always come across whenever speaking to journalists in the UK is that you know you get called left wing or right wing, and it's like oh they're being biased towards this angle and being biased towards that angle and. The BBC, for example, get called, oh, you're left wing, you're biased towards that. And then the right, the people on the uh, people on the left wing will say, oh, you're being right wing, etc. And obviously, I think for, for the BBC, that's probably a, that's probably a, um, a sign that they're doing something right if they're getting criticized from both angles for being the other the other political angle. But bias is a really interesting, curious thing because all human beings have have biases, you know, like if. If I were to ask you what to have for for dinner tonight, for example, you 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 tell me something that you're interested, or you, or if I asked you what music uh, you 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 think I should listen to, you'll tell me something based off of your own interests, and that's that's a bias. It's a harmless bias, but it's a bias. Um, biases become harmful when they start to going into things like race, religion, etc. Um, and we all have them. It's very very hard to recognize where and when we have them, but we all have them. So as journalists, I think it's even more important to to recognize that and make sure that those biases don't don't impact the way you write a story. Um, and I'm just kind of curious, how do you go about dealing with any any biases you have when, when you're when you're covering a story? Like how do you make sure that your own internal emotions or feelings towards the story don't impact how you how you tell it? Uh, it's all about methods. If you um, uh, follow a social science uh, 
methodology, methodology course, uh, they will uh, start for, from uh, um, telling you from which point of view are you uh, watching the society. And they, um, all the discourses try to make you understand that you, have, you, ha you must not have a peculiar point of view. You have to try to walk in other shoes, eh? like the naive Americans say, to understand a different point of view. And this is all about methods. I mean, if I cover a story, I don't decide, I don't decide what uh, the title is. Also, because there is another journalist that make the title. Mm? And it's the same journalist that make fact-checking on what I'm writing. Because never forget that in a good newspaper or media company, a reporter um, proposes a story, he covers a story, uh, he or she will write a story, and another journalist will fact-check that story, and we make it maybe sometimes even an, another, a third journalist will uh, make the title. Okay, so I mean, there is a very step by step work correzione di errore, correction of errors. Okay, uh, first of all, so it's method. This is a journalistic method. When I write a story, I don't say what I think, I write what I saw, what I found data that I found, I quote people that I mm, speak with. Sometimes, it, when I have to uh, respect the privacy uh, or the anonymity of uh, people, I, um, even for the safety, I, I am the one that tell that, that element. But I explain that I'm telling that because I verified it. Obviously, there is another problem. There is a labor market problem. You can do that stuff if you can cover a story uh, for the time you need, with the devices you need, with the instruments you need, with the money uh, that costs all this stuff. If you are a freelancer and you have a cover story and the story will be paid, as it happened in Italy, uh, five uh, euros, sometimes uh, much less. Five euros a story? Five euros a story, I'm not kidding. Sometimes it's five wow. euros. I mean, you are a, mm, there is a generation of poor journalists in Italy. Uh, obviously, you cannot make investigative, investigative journalists if you are paid, if you are paid five euros a story. And this is a problem also not only in Italy. Eh? In the last uh, ten years, uh, in the United States, uh, the number of journalists decreased to more than five thousand to thirty-two thousand. Now there are um, charities. They are supporting uh, the cost of the wage of the journalists, especially in, um, for local reporters, because there is a part of the United States that is called News Desert. There is no more no local newspaper, TV station, radio station, and so on. So nobody uh, tells what's going on in your province, in your county, sometimes even not in your nation. Huh? Huh? And where the, the, does all the um, news come from? Do, do the, all the news come from? From social media. Sometimes are only uh, fake news or stupid uh, comments made to, for kickbaiting. Can you understand that we are in danger about democracy because we, we have no more journalists that make their job that 
it's not only a job, it's a profession made by a very strict method. Believe me, when I started to make the methods, I had some colleagues uh, that made me crazy, made me uh, rewritten uh, stories uh, five, ten times sometimes because it didn't work because the elements I uh, took to my editor were not enough to tell a story in the way a story has to be written okay that's journalism you may not believe it but believe me people that make clickbaiting are more sophisticated than we are and they are not their concerns is not to give you elements, news, very important things uh, to understand your life, uh, your job, uh, politics, uh, economics, uh, social life, etc. No, their concern is you have to click, you have to remain on that video so I can sell you advertisement. That's all. Which is, it's, it's true, like, there, there's a science to, to clickbaiting and trying to get as many people as possible um, on it and, and it works. Um, and, and, and like you say, with... Um, with, with places like the states where those there, there are the, there are areas where it's just uh, an empty an empty um an empty sort of media media lacking desert you know misinformation can sometimes you know fill that void and i think we're getting that very much in, in countries across europe um and, and it's a problem because i mean you're right there's there's a massive issue with with the financing of how how, how journalism works because the old revenue advertising model doesn't really work with the invention of social media um and, and how do you I mean, I mean do you see that changing for the better anytime soon um or is this because because journalism i i see as a pinnacle for for democracy you need to have good funded journalism that holds not just the government to account but gives people information so if we are starting to lose that one what does that mean for our democracy as a whole and just educated informed debate but two do you see that changing positively? Like, is there other new funding models coming up, or, or is it, or is it still very much bleak? And, and there are some good uh, business model, uh, but they come in, especially from United States. Uh, but it's the market dimension that is important, because if you make a news website uh, in English, uh, it can be used all around the world. Uh, it's very harder. It's much harder than um, for uh, companies in uh, other countries, in France, uh, Germany, even in Italy, uh, for the dimension of the market. There is no good business model in Europe. Uh, you are not more Europe, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're sailing away apparently. In Europe, uh, they made uh, uh, a new copyright uh, regulation that should allow. Um, count nations, um, governments, uh, national governments to make laws that uh, oblige that um, in a compelling way ask the OTA, uh, Google, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and so on, to pay for the contents they use for the news contents they use uh, to increase uh, their. Uh, their market, uh, their advertisement sales. I mean, if you sell an advertisement because it's connected with the news from my newspaper, you have to pay my newspaper. The problem is they always the algorithm because if, if they will have to pay much more, they, they will just don't use news uh, from uh, traditional newspaper or website and TV company. Which, which, which could potentially um, exacerbate the problem even more possibly because if 
at least at least there is some information on social media whereas if they remove it all together all you're going to get is clickbait and misinformation so the only way is to make all people understand believe me without news uh, you have no democracy without news uh, you are uh, much more poor may poorer uh, and your life will be much worse so please uh, buy newspapers <laughs> i think it's a it's, it's a question of value though isn't it because um Especially with, with, with the current up-and-coming generation, I mean, I, I think of my generation and below, we, the internet's almost spoiled us in a way to some extent where you, 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 you pay for things that you, that you consider valuable, but because most newspapers or most news sites are free, with, with certain exceptions, um, you, you put the value of it on what you're paying for, and if you're not paying for it as a value, you don't see it as valuable. So the moment paywalls start going up, you just go to other sites that have it for free, and I and I, I, I I'm kind of like that for me is an issue because we don't value information in in the same level as we will value a new pair of shoes, for example, or, or or a membership to the gym. Like we value that because it, you know, improves our body or makes us feel good because it makes us look good, and we value all these things. But when it comes to information, good information, we don't really seem to value it. Um. And I wonder if that's an issue of mindset where, you know, we've started eating healthier, we've started going to the gym more, we've started, you know, dressing more, dressing better or whatever. But our mind is still something that we don't really pay huge attention, especially with the stuff that we fill it from from the Internet or social media. And I'm wondering, like, is there is there a is there an issue there of value? And, and how much journalism is actually valued or not valued? Everything in our life has a value. And you decide which yeah, kind yeah, of value yeah. has. But sometimes you don't decide. When you buy a mobile, uh, if you want the best or the better or the a more beautiful mobile, you have to pay much more, even if the cost, uh, the physical cost of that stuff, uh, it's uh, sometimes uh, one uh, one hundred of the, the real cost, okay? Cost uh, $10 sometimes, I will buy, okay? But let, let's forget about this. Um, uh, let's try to, to find a way to, of telling it. Do you think news has no value? Believe me, when there are uh, important news, uh, whole country create uh, international organization to get that news. It's called intelligence. You have thousands of people working to gather news from around the world. In each state, you have MI5. I don't know if they changed the name, your intelligence service. You know? Well, okay. it's GCHQ and then MI5 obviously work internally and MI6 work internally. If you work um, in a business, uh, every big company um, pay a press agency to have uh, the more update news every day, every time. If you work in a work in a stock market, if you work at Wall Street, if you work at La Borsa di Milano and so on, you will have press agency to have all the new what's happening in the whole world up to date, just in time, because you need what's going on to make the best decision. And you don't pay a bloody one pound a day to know what's going on in your life, they pay millions on pound 
to understand the way to sell you the mobile uh, at 10 times, uh, 100 times uh, and, uh, the match they cost. Uh, they, they cost them uh, the, the, the same device. And you don't pay one pound to understand what's going on. You don't pay one pound to understand if there is an environmental problem in your, uh, in your country, in your city. Uh, you don't pay uh, one pound to understand it. if there is a traffic light that doesn't work, uh, they made several uh, car accidents in the last uh, seven weeks. Uh, you don't pay one pound to know if there is an hospice in which uh, your, relative, your relatives can die. You don't pay one time to support an investigative journalist uh, that they can under make you understand why there is so lack of ventilators, or so lack of masks, or so lack of places in the intensity therapy in our hospital. You don't pay one pound a, a day uh, to know if your politician, if your government is a liar or is it doing well. Uh, okay, make, you, make this question. Why don't you pay one pound a day, I think it's less for some uh, newspaper, one pound a day to make someone work, make this work for you? That's journalism. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you, you, make, you make a beautiful point because it, it's, it's about informing yourself about issues that frankly affect you. Um, but, but the issue is that, again, it's that kind of nuanced thing where... Those businesses know the value, or those companies, those NGOs, or, or those governments know the value of data. They know the value of information. And and in a business's case, obviously not an NGO's or a charity's case, but in a business's case, you're you're buying that data to, or you're, you're engaging with that data to make money. And there is a specific aim to that. Whereas I think what we have to do as a society in general is we have to change. Um, our mindset around how we take care of ourselves and our and our, um, and our engagement with information because information or journalism doesn't necessarily make us money. So we're not spending it to make money. But what we're doing is we're spending it to ensure that the people that are running our lives, i.e. our government or whatever else, are kept in check so that the society that we live in and more importantly leave for our kids is the same, if not better, than... Than, than how than how how it was when we were younger, um, and also we need to make sure that what we share and what we inform people is. I mean, the beauty I think not the beauty because that's the complete wrong term for it. But the silver lining I think with and I don't know if you see this in Italy, but I think with with coronavirus is that it's changing people's relationship with information and news. I think people are starting to realize the importance of having good information because bad information or sharing clickbait or misinformation. Um, can kill someone um, and I think there is no other way of saying that it's a Malthus approach if you have information you will survive better in this situation it's, it's, it's cynical but it's perfectly true if you have uh, if you studied if you have um, uh, if someone in your school uh, learned um, taught you to uh, wash your hands in the proper way you are safer that if, if 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 someone didn't uh, didn't teach you, uh, mean, and this happened for several things for the little things like washing hands, but for the important things like voting, okay? When you choose when you vote, you choose what's going to happen in your country for the next years, okay? So I mean, you have to really take care 
the one you choose every time from a point of view that's democracy that's important but you have to know who is the one you're voting what he really wants to do if there is contradiction in what he claims and what he did in the, 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 the real programs in the relationships in the economic relationships in me and the example about coronavirus is perfect but in this moment people that will have the right and proper and deep informations and deep news not deep fake news we survive better <laughs> yeah it's cynical yes it is so buy this bloody newspaper <laughs> yeah it's almost like a um yeah it's almost like a uh, a patch a patch to make you uh, to make to make you better informed and therefore safer during this during during this madness um one one thing that i w- is, is someone who obviously verifies consistently as a job what kind of advice can you give ordinary people like myself to to better inform yourself apart from obviously buying buying the newspaper what what can you do when you do come across things online or when you get sent things via text message or 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 telegram or whatever else like what can you do to verify and make sure that the information you're consuming and more importantly sharing with more people um, is 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 factual. It's it's um, there are very simple uh, steps. Okay, someone um, send you sent you a, a video about Nova Access, whatever you want. Okay, uh, first point. In almost any states, uh, there are uh, a lot of uh, NGOs, organizations, official connected to uh, institution or not official, so private organization, that make fact checking. And uh, we call it anti-bufale, and I don't know what's the English uh, for uh, this kind of verb, but bufala is... A- An- anti, I think it means anti-anti-BS. Um, uh, Anti-BS. <laughs> <laughs> or, f- or fact-checkers officially, yeah. Uh, first time, Google it. Can you find mm. that news uh, in a traditional newspaper? If you don't find it, make a question. Why? No newspaper, no journalist, people that are paid... Uh, we're so interested in, this, in, in, in that story, first step. Then check for this kind of, uh, uh, um, of uh, anti-bias, 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 uh, anti-bias um, uh, and, um, and then there are also some uh, uh, websites in which you can find a list of, uh, uh, of websites that are officially made only by fake news. The problem is misinformation because there are some uh, especially right-oriented but not only right-oriented website in which they take real news so one example is a video uh, coming from uh, germany in which there is uh, an afro-american um, guy uh, that with a stick uh, break all the glasses of the cars Usually this video is uh, used for a racistic way to uh, approach the stuff of immigration and so on. The problem is that if you, it's harder, it's not easy, it's hard. If you try to find maybe a picture, there is a a way in which you can search a picture uh, through Google. Google reverse image search, yeah. Google reverse um, uh, image search. Uh, you can find the origin of that video. And if you find, if you live in Italy, or if you live in England, and you say that video um, posted by a politician the same, not to immigration, 
you should add not immigration to Germany because that video was from Germany, okay, not from England. Second, try to find the original news. That news, for instance, was about made um, a very um, mental problem. Uh, it was really sick and he was allowed to break all the sticks because he was a really dangerous man and they were um, waiting for the arrival of the, their NHS service, the German NHS service, uh, to uh, give them medicine and to take them back to an hospital. So that was, not, I mean, everybody can be mental sick, black, white, red, even yellow, uh, orange uh, or uh, with stripes, eh? okay? Everybody can get uh, a mental Everybody disease. suffers from mental health issues and everyone can suffer there from mental no health issues. There is no evidence of this stuff connected with an immigration problem. Believe me, immigration can be a problem. We all know it. We have to face it. There are several different approach, approaches to, to, to face the problem. We can discuss it. That's democracy. But that was a fake news. So try and check, verify, never post. Before posting everything or resending whatever something uh, someone uh, sent you and it is about a critical or contradictory uh, situation or story or a video so try to think relax as you see in uh, the, the, the wonderful meme keep calm and relax okay keep calm keep and calm and yeah keep keep calm and verify keep calm and verify that's the and if, maybe if you know a journalist call him i got friends that call me I got my high school friends that sometimes when they don't believe a story or they are um, interested about a story, they, you're a journalist, and I'm so proud of it. Uh, you're, a <laughs> you're a journalist. It is true, and I explain. There is, a, for instance, it, it may happen. A friend of mine that now works in Germany, it was calling me, 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 she called me and asked me, but why? Uh, Italy don't, doesn't want uh, the loans from the European uh, Union uh, for coronavirus. It's called MES. Uh, it's an MES system. It's a very huge political uh, issue here in Italy because the condition which they give you money can be very dangerous. Think about Greece, uh, what's happened in Greece, okay? Um, a very bad political exchange about this stuff. I explained them what we are talking about because German newspaper didn't describe that fact very well. It may happen, as it happened for, uh, especially for foreign policy yeah, yeah. issues uh, in uh, our newspaper. Thank you so much, Maurizio. But just final one before you go. Um, can you let us know where people can find you, read some of your stuff, uh, connect with you on social media? Uh, unfortunately, it's uh, almost uh, in Italian, but try to learn Italian. It's a good thing because when uh, this, the lockdown will be over, we will come back to Italy. Of course. Uh, especially to Florence. Um, my name is Marzio Fatucchi, M-A-R-Z-I-O-F-A-T-U-C-C-H-I. And you'll find me on Facebook, uh, on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter anymore. Um, sometimes I write something. And, and my newspaper, Corriere Fiorentino. Dot it. Sorry. Thank you so much, Marzio. And thank you for listening to Media Minded, the podcast that helps you tell facts from fiction, produced by Shoutout UK. Recorded and edited by Sabina McKenzie-Brown, this podcast is made possible thanks to the kind support and sponsorship of the US Embassy in London and the Global Engagement Centre at the US State Department.